is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Batter This is Allison McCaig. This is episode 52 of A Pod of Their Own, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wiggin. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Allison. Um, so this is going to be, well, we said it was going to be a quick episode. We, those are always famous last words for us. <laughs> um, but at the very least, it's a more, quote, normal episode where it's just the three of us. We don't have a guest this week and we aren't live. <laughs> it feels like the first time in a really yeah, now long this time. This feels weird. Yeah, it's like... strangely intimate. Yeah, <laughs> quiet. Yes, yeah, all quiet. We don't have. Spoiler <laughs> alert, it's not going to stay quiet. Yes, yeah, well, no. we aren't going to be quiet for long. But we'll start with something a little more lighthearted than what's going on generally in baseball right now, which is that the uh, the Mets being sold rumors have uh, increased once again or fire back up the old rumor train. Uh, it seemed to have died with, you know, Steve Cohen not buying the Mets and that deal falling through and then J-Rod was going to buy the Mets and then they were not going to buy the Mets. But now J-Rod might buy the Mets again. Um, so those rumors are back with a vengeance, uh, because they, I think they kind of died to begin with because, you know, on their own, Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, rich, incredibly rich as they are, are not rich enough to own a baseball team, but they have since roped in other folks to join their bid, namely, um, the vitamin water guy, uh, Mike Reppel, I guess is how you pronounce his name. I'm not exactly sure. But he's the vitamin water guy. He's been connected to uh, trying to buy the Mets in the past. Uh, so he has resurfaced. Uh, David Wright was an early uh, vitamin water spokesperson, I've been told. Oh, yes, he was. I remember I went to school in Forum. And I, when I was in college, I saw the Wright stuff ads on, like, every train station, every city bus, like... And I was, I mean, I'm not complaining. I was very happy to see the right stuff everywhere, but so maybe that's a good sign. Who knows? Yeah. So we've got vitamin water guy in on the bid. Also, apparently uh, Dave Portnoy. Don't even say his name. Maybe like conjure him. I know. I'm sorry like... if I blow out our audio, but. Oh. Major. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Large amounts of fart noises. 
Um, so but I'm not the only gonna, thing I'm, to describe. I'm not going mean, to say his the, name again. That I said. I no. mean, I guess the only thing that is like, I don't. The, the word comforting is absolutely a wrong, the wrong word to use here. But I guess the only thing that is not a hundred percent garbage about this is that the Mets are basically already run by the same basic type of person. So I guess it's kind of a lateral move. But, but my God, we, what a lateral move. But I thought we were, like, moving away. Like, if there was any time to move away from the culture of to- toxic masculinity that these this person, he who must not be named, uh, promotes, like, wouldn't that be now? Like, can't we all take a look at ourselves and say, hey, we're better than this, but it's the Mets. And they're not better than this. They are not. Nope. Oh, well. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I could support the team. I really can't. Yeah, we've got disgusting barstool guys potentially in on it. I mean, we don't know for sure. We just know that he's, like, friends with A-Rod and J-Lo and friends with Vitamin Water Guy and, you know. And Well, I think, it, the, to be fair, the rumor also did get started, I believe, when he made some cutesy. I didn't see it personally but some cutesy tweet about like being anonymously contacted by an anonymous team wink wink nudge nudge yeah and that does seem like they're kind of just total bullshit like that they would just make up because they can and they think it's funny so i mean i guess take everything with a grain of salt but i don't even like to think about it no it's very icky he also like tweeted his like net worth, which like is something I love to tweet about personally. Oh you know? god! Very Always a sign of a really all around solid human being is when that's your yeah, it's your go to move. Stonks. And all the people like were like, oh, he'll change the culture, not for the better. Like, what what culture do you think he'll be changing? <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. Oh boy. <sighs> So yeah, um, J-Rod might buy the Mets. Who the hell knows? Maybe they'll get a a veritable group of billionaires together to buy the Mets. Um, Other bids, they aren't the only group. Um, Other bids include the Devils and 76ers owner, which like produced the rumor that there would be like a weird regional sports network that would include the Devils, Sixers, and Mets, which is like... Find me the Venn diagram of people that that appeals to, which is like zero people. Yeah, there's like four guys, and if you just pause for one second, you can picture those guys. Oh yeah, you can see them <laughs> right now. They are in really, really those guys. Yeah, Philly, Jersey, and New York. It's like yeah. a weird, like very small area of like South Central Jersey. There's, <laughs> there's, trust me. <laughs> There's they're like there. three guys, and they're all they all hang out at the same diner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> that's a thing that potentially would happen if that guy ends up owning the Mets. Is that there would be a weird a weird regional sports network of all the teams he owns for the three guys at the South Central Jersey diner that root for all three. <laughs> um, but yeah, then there's a, there's another group that emerged, I guess today or yesterday. Uh, billionaire brothers David and Simon Rubin. I don't know much about them. Um, they're, they're not American British, yeah, British guys. I don't know much about them. They're like, they're like, you know, real estate, rich real estate douchebags. Like a lot of these guys are. Yeah. They don't seem like they're, they're in it to make the Mets win a world series. Yeah. They're like generic real estate dudes who like don't actually care about baseball. No, they're in it for the real estate, but I'm trying to think. There was another one. It was the owners of the Florida Panthers. Oh. So it's like more hockey dudes. Let me see if I can That's find new. it. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> There's so it's many bids like, to buy the Mets. It's yeah. just like a game of Mad Libs. It yeah, is. billionaire like, Mad Libs. Random people. Uh, let me see. I know I tweeted about it. A vitamin water guy is also body armor guy, in case anyone wanted to know exactly what type of bro this dude is. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, former NY Mercantile Exchange chairman and current Florida Panthers owner Vincent Viola. 
Okay. He, he's considering joining A-Rod to join the Mets, to buy the Mets. Oh, okay. So he's, like, in the A-Rod group. Yeah, so he's part of the A-Rod group. Okay. The more the merrier. All right. Except, except Barstool guy. He's not invited. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the Florida Panthers are bad, though. Like, no matter what they do, they're bad. I mean, that well, so he'll be right at home. That's true. Like, he'll try, but just be really bad at it. That yeah, sounds very that Mets sounds, to me. I'm that ready. checks out. <laughs> On brand already. <laughs> yeah, welcome aboard. If somebody was like, this guy's going to buy the Mets and, and he wins everything he plays, I'd be like, I... Like, stop it. Just, you can't fool me. This is, I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> that was kind of Cohen, though. Like, he made his fortune and, like, just bought artwork that's worth more than the Mets. Yeah, but he also, like, almost went to jail for securities fraud. <laughs> but he didn't, see? He, <laughs> there he, you go. He but he didn't. <laughs> but he did pay, like, the largest fine in history, I think. Which was still pocket change for him, but still. Yeah. The Wilpons are just so freaking stupid. Like, they could have been out of this before. Is it the Wilpons or is it Jeffy? I mean, it's probably mostly Jeff Wilpon. But the Wilpons could have been out of this before everything went to shit. And they were like, nope, we like our shit pile. We think we'll hold on to it. And now they're stuck holding the bag here. We couldn't possibly keep one of baseball's great minds out of the driver's seat of a major league team. We need Jeff Wilpon touching everything he can because that man is King Midas. <laughs> yeah, but what a fitting end, though. Like, something blowing up spectacularly in their faces and them having to sell it, like, pennies on the dollar. Like, that's just them in a nutshell. Yeah, and I will say, it certainly seems from the quantity of rumors going around that they really, really need to sell. Yeah. There has been basically a nonstop run of of sale rumors for for weeks now. So I'm getting the sense that this is pretty, pretty, pretty urgent. Yeah. Yeah, They were already desperate before this. And, like, again... Like, I think I've said this exact line on this podcast before. I don't claim to, like, know business, but to me, it doesn't seem like the right business move when you have no leverage to be like, but we demand control of SNY and, like, all this, and still, yeah, like, decision-making control for five years and all this stuff. <laughs> doesn't seem like Wasn't it even beyond move. five years? I Granted, I, I don't so. have a short-term memory anymore, but I'm fairly <laughs> sure that he'd even agreed to let Jeff have a role for five years, but they wanted it to More. go on in perpetuity, basically. Well, I think they weren't going to sell, officially sell for five years, but they were still going to control SNY. Yeah, the SNY part was the part they were, like, refusing to give up in. Yes. Yeah. Which and is then, but also, like, what makes the money. Yeah. And also, weren't they, like, wasn't their, like, credit rating just downgraded or something? Sounds right. The whole thing just reeks of two tens for a five. Like, (laughs) just really thinking that these guys have, have, you know, have got them. They've really, like, they're really going to pull in this big fish. And no, they're not. Like, like I said, I don't know how to do a business, but New York Mets' city field debt is downgraded to below investment grade. Don't know what no. that means, but it sounds bad. That's and that was good. just on June fourth. Cool. Sounds great. We're we're really, really chugging along here. Awesome. Yeah, all of this is like above my head, but um being downgraded doesn't seem like a good thing. Well, upgraded is usually a good thing. So I'm gonna go ahead and say downgrade. Use some is bad. fancy logic there. And was yeah, it- I- and wasn't Fred Wilpon literally mentioned by name as far as the owners that wanted to like renegotiate way back when the first March negotiation about the season was in place? And wasn't Fred Wilpon mentioned by name as one of the owners being like, no, we need it to was renegotiate. Jeff. Oh, it was Jeff? Of course it was it Jeff. It was Jeff, yeah. 
God, and then Jesus. yeah, and then Cuomo blew up his spot. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I forget what Cuomo said. Because <sighs> I yeah, if I vaguely. Yeah, because Cuomo just, like, casually name-dropped him, and it was like, oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. Yeah, and he totally, yeah, he totally blew up Jeffy's spot. Because then Jeffy was somewhere the next day and was like, no, we're still intending to sell, but then wouldn't answer any other questions either. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that was the um, Andrew Cuomo says Mets owner Jeff Wilpon is open to restarting a season if the players take a salary cut. So this was right after. Yeah. So this was like right after they made that initial like March, like late March agreement to like basically the players saying we will take prorated salary based on the number of games played. And MLB was like, cool. But then MLB came back with like, but what if we kept cutting your salary? And <laughs> Jeff Wilpon was one of the owners that was like, what if we cut their salary more? Though? So of course the Wilpons frugality, if you will, helped start the shit show, helped lunch, helped stir it, um, but yeah, of course they were involved. Like, well, the rest of baseball, welcome to our hell. You see what we put up with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, one of the chief shitsters here. Cool. Yep. It's all felt very familiar. Yep. These yeah. n- the negotiations. I'm like, I recognize that cologne. Reeks <laughs> of Mets. Yeah. <laughs> Could that be the title of this episode? <laughs> Yes, okay, I'm on the recap this week. Reeks of Mets. (laughs) Um, This whole thing smacks of Mets. Smacks of Mets. (laughs) It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I guess that's a good transition into um, our baseball segment, which is kind of the majority of what we have to talk about this week, because obviously there's a lot to talk about. Um, And I did just get the alert. The deal is done. Deal is done. All right. Deal is done. Um, They agreed on those health protocols. So the such as they are. Yeah. I'm going to put deal in extreme air quotes because basically protocols and air quotes. too. (laughs) Also that. Um, because basically what happened was, is like originally, like we mentioned back in March, the players agreed to prorated salaries based on the number of games played. Once it became clear that baseball was not going to start on time, it was kind of like, okay, we'll take a pay cut based on how many games are played. And MLB was like, cool. But then MLB was like, yeah, but we're going to cut your salary more because like we're not having fans at the games and so we're gonna cry poor and try to make you guys look like the bad guy and MLB and MLBPA kept going back and forth proposing and counter-proposing and counter-proposing and nobody and like everybody was saying no and holding their stand and then basically in a very public way yes oh yeah Um, and then basically it got to the point where they could not agree. And so MLB unilaterally forced a season. Um, all the owners voted to allow Rob Manfred to impose a season, um, on the players. So that's what's happening now. Um, and it's basically they're imposing the max amount of games that the, that the owners were willing to have paying the full prorated salary that was originally agreed to back in March, which turns out to be 60 games. Um, so that's what's Remember happening. when they were proposing 180? That was fun. 
Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, if 60 games seems like, oh, that's, that's a good number of games. That's, like, barely two spring trainings. Oh, God. When you put it that way. That's how many games that is. Well, then, I mean, I guess it's better than the 40. Yeah. Yeah, well. 40's, like, not even a real baseball season at that's all. Like, yeah, that's, like, a long road trip, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> toiling in the desert. How long do that road trips feel? Yes. True. True. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be 60 games in 66 days. Get ready, guys. Oh, um, God. Opening day on July 24th, um, and the players have to report to spring training on July 1st, which is uh, a week from now, basically. That uh, is um, not enough time to follow CDC-recommended quarantine for travel. Nope. Nope. So that's, um, you know, buckle in. So we're already um, ignoring the guidelines, so that's cool. Yep, right off the bat, mm-hmm. ignoring guidelines. And, and like, many facilities are, like, currently work, are, we're closed down because of a COVID spike. So, but we're cool. still going to do spring training. Going to do this. It's like, happening. Texas just started running out of hospital beds. So Good. why not have a baseball season? Are they still planning on having fans in the stands in Texas? Mm, I had forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in this scenario and say that, no, they will not do that. I mean, but also, yeah, but also, so like, um, the governor of Texas also just came out today and like asked people to please stay home. Like, of course he wouldn't, Mandate. Ever consider like actually having a mandate of a shelter order because you know why do something the correct way? I don't um, think he mandated masks either. I think he no, just, they haven't mandated anything. But it also guess. like it is June twenty whatever the hell <laughs> June twenty third <23rd laughs> right now, and time he is, is a flat like, circle. Begging people to stay home. It is absolutely within the realm of possibility that within the next, say, two weeks, there will be some sort of a mandate, which begs the question. um, Sorry, I misused begs the question there. I apologize to my debate teacher, um, which raises the question of um, what happens then? Like if Texas or any other state Mm. or city reimposes sheltering in place orders, what does, does that mean that baseball has to stop in that city? Well, that's the problem, too, is baseball still fully anticipating travel. Yeah. So. Lots of travel. Yeah. Like, pretty much a third, like, all of California is bad right now. Arizona, mm-hmm. Texas. Arizona is one, ta- one of those states that could um, be shut down again really soon. Like, yeah. that's totally possible. Florida, Florida very bad. So, Florida uh, is messed up, but they're never going to close down. No, they're just going to die. Yeah. Um, so you have a third of the teams playing in states where it's either really bad and you really want players playing there, or it'll be there in lockdown and can't go anywhere anywhere anyway. So or they point- shouldn't. Or, but what might actually end up happening is that there's the economic pressure. Ugh, to allow it all anyway. Yeah, but just, also... Yeah, they're I basically going to be like, baseball players are essential workers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. They were already deemed essential workers, so they're not going to care. It's but just... It's so... Oh, it's so irresponsible. It's, it is. It's so messy. It's, it's so irresponsible, and it's just... And, okay, I will for a second... I don't usually do this on the show, but I will for a second plug an Amazing Avenue article in the middle of the show written by Vaz. Yes. He wrote Yay, an editorial entitled, It Still Isn't Safe for Baseball to Return in America. And he's absolutely right. And the comments were a tire fire of people being like, sure they were. I'm bored. I want baseball. This is America. And just like, oh, God. stop. I'm stop. bored. I want baseball. <laughs> like, I don't, this, this feeling that like lives are important, it doesn't preclude missing baseball and wanting baseball like the other day it was i don't even remember now i want to say it was the beginning of june i got in my car and boys of summer came on and i just started uncontrollably Mm. sobbing 
Because it was like, the boys of summer are gone. Nobody's on the road. Nobody's on the beach. And I just could not. So oh, I went oh. from like sobbing to boys of summer because I love baseball. It's now them declaring baseball and I hate it. Like, I don't feel good that they're saying they're going to play baseball because to me, it's just, it's not worth it. Like, I even pointed out the other day, um, players who have underlying conditions can opt out and not play and still get service time and pay. Fine, great. But it excludes their families. Um, and what about coaches? Jeremy Accardo's daughter has cancer. So I know he's not covered in the union, and plus coaches are older, too. What about Dusty Baker? He plays in Texas, of all places. Well, and also, like, I mean, so so they'll get their service time, and they'll get paid, but are they going to get penalized in the free agent market? Yeah, or in, um, yeah, or in yeah. arbitration? I mean, whether or not it's, like, I mean, it certainly wouldn't be, like, official, but it would be more than apparent to anybody looking. It's, it, I mean, it, you can say, and there's, and there's the social stigma of opting out. You know, yeah. that's, yep. There are lots of reasons why one might be vulnerable to COVID that, like, are private for good reason. And, like, it's just, it's not enough to say that you can opt out for certain reasons. Like, it's just, it, there, it, it doesn't, it's, the system won't work that way. And, like, everybody keeps saying, and we've even mentioned this uh, in our Slack channel, like, everybody thinks the scale is either one, it's a mild case, or ten, you're dead. They don't think there's any gray area in between. Like, you, it can have serious lasting consequences, even if you <laughs> don't die from it. Your career could end. Well, allow me to um, pull the my mother almost died of coronavirus card, which is not a card I pull very often. But so she was, if I may borrow a phrase, in the best shape of her life before she got sick. And by the way, thank God, because mm -hmm. it probably saved her life. But she ended up in the ICU on a ventilator. And like she is in her early 60s. And again, healthy as a horse. There certainly half of the coaching staff is probably in, you know, equivalent or worse shape than she was. So she went on a ventilator. She eventually, God bless, came off the ventilator and she was sent home after having, she had a negative test and was sent home. You know, this is after the positive test, obviously. Um, she then had to quarantine from her husband for mm -hmm. another two weeks after the positive test, or the negative test rather. And then, really, they kept kind of wanting to restart the clock on her quarantine because she was coughing so much. But they finally realized that she wasn't coughing because she was actively infected. She was just coughing because her lungs are now garbage. Oh. And like, I'm, and you know, she's she's been working her ass off. She did a whole bunch of PT. Like she has been an absolute rock star. I don't know if you're listening to this, mom. I love you. Sometimes you're listening. Yay. Um, <laughs> but like, it's now, I mean, she was one of the first people everyone knew to, to get sick. This was, I'm doing the math, like almost three whole months ago. And she's like kind of almost back to normal now. I mean, almost, certainly not all the way, but like, that's the length of the season. Yep. Like any player who gets that even rem or coach for that matter because like remotely as sick as she did they're that's it the season's over for them and I don't okay. think that those two teams of minor leaguers are going to be sufficient to cover 30 teams worth of players getting knocked out for four six weeks yeah and so and, yeah. as Maggie just alluded to the baseball knows this baseball knows this and they have made two full teams in Nashville, apparently, there will be two full teams of unsigned players. So, like, Yasiel Puig, if he doesn't get signed between now and July 24th, will be, like, one of those players, most likely. Like, there will be two full teams of players that aren't signed because MLB knows the dudes are going to get infected and they're going to be on this special infected disabled list, injured list, sorry, for, you know, an indeterminate amount of time. 
and they're going to need like replacement players. They're making whole teams out of replacement players and it's still not going to be enough. They know that this is unsafe and they're doing it anyway. <laughs> they know like, it's what? unsafe. And I'll say all these guys getting knocked out for getting, you know, knocked out for weeks at a time. That is a actually kind of a best case scenario because the other scenario is that they either don't disclose their symptoms or the the team wouldn't put it past a lot of teams right now to cover it up if the player is doing very well and, you know, mm-hmm. or that they, they don't actually adhere to a two week quarantine following a negative test, which they're supposed to do. Uh, there's all kinds of incredibly irresponsible scenarios that could get that player back on the field sooner. I mean, assuming again, they can run, you know, or like climb stairs to get out of the dugout. You know, it took, it took my mom like two weeks to be able to time cut, uh, climb stairs. So let's not, you know, just count on that one working out, but like, yeah, the, the, the idea of a player being out for a really long time could actually be one of the responsible decisions. Well, and also there was that poor Broadway star who ended up having his leg amputated. He was only in his forties. So it affects everybody differently. And I don't know how, I mean, the Mets today said, you know, their overflow spring training or summer training now, their B squad is going to be in Coney Island. Like, great, put them in an amusement park near the beach. Great. Um, Where nobody's yeah. wearing masks or social distancing. Yeah. And can you, and it's also, again, it comes down to trust. Um, can you trust them not to go out to eat? Can you, you hope? But how did the Phillies get that outbreak? They must have done something. They Yeah, um, the Phillies have now had, what was it, seven positive tests? Yeah, because they had a couple more today, I think. Yeah, so like so like 30% of a major league roster. Um, and it and they didn't even get it from from they don't think it was they got it from the, the facility. No, they got it from they going went out. out to a bar. Yeah. Which like lots of people are gonna do. And they're not necessarily going to do it responsibly. I mean, not that there's really a responsible way to go to a bar right now, but like they're going to go out. They're not going to be sitting six feet away from each other or from anybody else for that matter. And it's going to go just like everybody could predict it will go. Well, even like Marcus Stroman, I love you, Marcus, but he was out there like coaching a baseball, youth baseball team. Nobody's wearing masks, nobody's social distancing. And in Florida. Yeah, and not now loving he, that. No, and now he's coming back and not having to quarantine? Yeah, I know. And that's, I mean, I'm also, like, I feel myself getting very, um, very selfish about this because New York has worked very, very hard yep. to pull itself out of actual hell, like bodies and trucks kind of hell. And now there's going to be baseball players flying in from all over the country, the places in the country that have not, you know, crushed the the curve. I don't want to see that happen. It's they're coming from other countries too. So are the, and none of them have to quarantine for two weeks because they're not going to meet the deadline. If they're definitely not going to meet the July 1st deadline. Yeah, I definitely, I don't, I don't love it. It's not, not what I want for my city. And if why, like, I don't get what's changed. March, one player test positive, every sport shut down. Rudy Gobert tested positive before the Utah Jazz game. They canceled it. They canceled basketball, and the dominoes fell. So what has changed from March? People got bored. It became a political rallying cry. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's Those are the two things that happened. Is. That's it. Yeah. We, and, you know, the, the the Stephanie Apstein article in uh, Sports Illustrated. Very good I think everybody, it. yeah, everybody should read that one. When she said, having sports back is the treat you get for having a functioning society, and we don't have a functioning <laughs> society. Like, societies can have a little sports as a treat. As a, as treat. a treat. Yeah. No, we don't deserve a treat. I mean, no. New York does, but nobody else in this godforsaken country does. We could have. We could like, There was a series of choices that could have been made yep. that would absolutely accommodate sports right now. 
Like, there's a reason that South Korea gets to have sports, and we do not. Exactly. Even though South Korea and the United States had their first recorded case on the same day. And it's because South Korea took a collectivist approach to a pandemic, which is the appropriate approach because it is a collective problem. And the United States took an individualist approach and it has failed because pandemics are not an individual problem. So there you go. That's it. Who you are, where you are, what political party you're part of. The pandemic just doesn't care. There's just all this like resentment, like, when I was discussing with people responding to Vaz's article, like, there's all this, like, I don't see why I, a healthy person, have to go through this. Can't we just keep the, like, vulnerable, isolated while we, our healthy people, go about our lives? There's just so much wrong with that mindset that I don't even know mm-hmm. where to begin. First of all, like, are, like it's just so, like... The utter lack of empathy for human life astounds me on a daily basis. And um, the ableism as well. Yeah, it's just... So, so, like, let's just take anybody with a set of pre-existing conditions and, like, wall them off of society because they don't get to be part of it now. Right, exactly. Because we don't want to wear masks. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the attitude. That's the attitude. And also, like, that's not... It's not even going to, even if you decided that that was the solution, it's not going to fix the problem because you're still going to spread it. You are. You healthy person who doesn't know you have it are going to spread it around anyway. And it's also, I mean, it's not even like, it's not that we can never reopen or that we shouldn't be taking very measured, cautious steps towards some kind of reopening right now, even in certain areas, not Arizona, for example. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a matter of like figuring out what is more important to humanity. Is it more important that we play a 60 season baseball se- a 60 game baseball season? And like, I think that's honestly pretty optimistic to think that all 30 teams will be able to last 60 games. Is it more important that we play that or that like our kids get to go to school in September? Where's our priority? If we're going to take risks, are we taking the risks to make MLB a whole lot of money and like distract everyone for a few hours a day? Or are we taking the risks to like protect each other and rebuild, you know, bonds that are crumbling right now? Cause I'll tell you what, Every kid right now is freaking insane and desperately needs school in September, but we might not be able to get it because, you know, there there's 1,200 MLB players seeding coronavirus everywhere they go for the next two weeks. Exactly. Just for example. We this just... might be a personal topic of, <laughs> of import to me. No, like, this is just, it's, it's insane how people are prioritizing their entertainment over people's lives and over what is prudent like I love baseball so much I I want baseball back so bad it hurts but like I, I just... want baseball so bad so so much I will still watch it even though it's gonna be depressing and wrong and like morally bankrupt I'm still gonna watch it because I suck yep same but like I know it's wrong I know it's not safe it's not safe. It's not safe to it's do this. It's not safe. Don't do it, man. It's and I mean, I also is. like this. The thing is, you know, if the season starts July 24th, that is a long time in pandemic years. A lot can happen. You know, a month ago, Texas and Florida and Arizona weren't spiking like crazy. And now they are seriously spiking and also not making any particular attempts to stem that. So, you know, we, I, sadly, the choice to not have a season may end up not being made by MLB after all. Like it's real. it's a, it's very easy to see a scenario where this all gets called off at the last minute because Shit is totally out of control. Because looking around the country, shit is totally out of control. Yep. Yep. And, like, I think what people... I think what people don't understand about, like, 
the safety of returning to baseball is that the actual playing of the baseball game is is the is the safest part of it. Like we're not yes. talking and about the, the and actual the players playing are of- also pro- like the safest people in a lot of ways. The players right. themselves because they are talking about on that. average healthy. We're not talking about the actual playing of the baseball game. Like the actual like nine innings on the field is is probably fine right now. But it's not about that. It's about what goes on in locker rooms. It's about what goes on on the airplanes and other modes of transportation. It's about it's about different cities being at different stages of reopening and the fact that MLB did not at all consult with local health officials about this. At all. <laughs> it's- Which is not even to say that if they had been consulted that they would have been comfortable giving their opinions as well because local health officials all over the country are under immense pressure, many of them getting fired for not giving the recommendations that people want to hear. Yep. So, you know, not to say that if we go in the New Jersey state government in the New Jersey health department, I'm allowed to say this because it's public records in the news. My colleague in the New Jersey State Health Department was fired from his job because he refused to give Governor Murphy's aid free coronavirus tests for his family. That's where we're at. It's all just so corrupt. And like, and I also, you know, I, I feel for the players a lot. I can, I, and you know, the, the guys who are just ready and raring to go, you know, I think it's so clear that this is not the responsible choice, but like, they should not be the ones making that call because it's not just about them, you know, and I, and I I see, you know, Pete Alonzo. Oh, Pete, I love you, Pete. And I, his, his joy about baseball starting up, it like, it breaks my heart because he shouldn't, he shouldn't have that joy right now. It's, it's, it's wrong. And he's not, it shouldn't be, on him to make that call because it's not about him. It's about what's best for the entire country and what's best for the entire country is for everyone to stay at home, wear masks when you have to go out, socialize outdoors again in masks. Like these are the things that we should be doing right now. Having entire baseball teams crisscrossing the country is absolutely not one of the things we should be doing right now under any circumstances. It's insane. And, like, what about, like, ignoring the, like, economic pressures that we're talking about of, like, MLB being like, oh, but players are assets and they make us money and all that, like, sinister bullshit that is going on here. Like, what about the culture of baseball and sports in general makes you think that people will be honest about this and how they're feeling and how many players are infected and all sorts of stuff like that? Not only is there an economic imperative for them to lie about this stuff, there's a social imperative of like yep. you know toxic masculinity for them to rub some dirt in it when they're sick and just keep playing. Yeah, it's a huge cultural issue. And I mean, okay, and I will say, all right, you know, there's also, there is opportunity here. I don't know that it would be, that it's an opportunity that would be taken. But, you know, if if we are stuck in a situation where baseball is going to happen, regardless of the incredible danger it poses to the cities around baseball, um, I would love to see them you know publicly wear masks that would that that's something they could use that cultural that that you know that camaraderie they have and that that example that they said they could use it to normalize mask wearing i don't know that i don't think they will but like if we're looking for silver linings like that's mine i want to see you know, I want to see Pete Alonzo walking in and out of the stadium every day in like a, you know, an let's fucking go Mets mask. Like every, I want every kid who sees a baseball player not in uniform to see him wearing a mask. And I want every tough guy who's like, masks are like diapers for your face to see all of the like badass athletes around them wearing masks. Like this is the one thing that I will, that I will 
tear out of this miserable season if I have to is like wear the masks, show it, make it public, do it the right way. Absolutely. Kind of like how we've seen, I mean, this is like a little bit different, but kind of like how we've seen a sea change come about as far as like showing your emotions on the field and bath flips and stuff like that. Like we've like normalized those things against the like red asses who I definitely thought you said backflips for a while. And I was (laughs) like, also backflips. I was like, how did I miss the backflips? That's amazing. Please do Um, backflips. But like, please flips. Yeah. Like just showing emotions in general on the field and like being a human being, like the fact that we've normalized that now against, you know, the tidal wave of red asses being like me, 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 showing me up the old school tradition. Like in the same vein, we like we, not we, us, but like players, MLB baseball collectively has the power to, to shape the narrative and shape the culture. Use it. But also just, just shut it down. Yeah. Please shut it down. <sighs> I'm very nervous. I because like, I don't know, it's you know, playgrounds opened around here and you know, we're going we've gone at like the crack of dawn when there's no one around and like the kids wear masks and I sanitize their hands a million times and it's wonderful. And I'm so relieved to be able to have that sort of that that stimulation for them, that opportunity, but I'm also I go back and I look at the city's numbers every single day and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because it's coming. Yep. And I don't know. This, this city just went through so much. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Me neither. It sucks. This sucks. I'm, I don't know. It's just not, it's not great guys. It's and to great. feel this way about baseball yeah. sucks extra. Like, because I do love baseball. I do want baseball. Yeah. But like, it's, I don't know. It's just very depressing. Um, so the other thing that I want to touch on very briefly, because Maggie mentioned the, um, the Pete Olanto LFGM mask. I just, I don't want to leave this episode out without a shout out to Phil Mushkin's utterly shit article uh, about Pete Alonso. Oh yeah. Because. Oh my God. If I may, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I, I will not let this episode rest without saying fuck that guy and fuck that stupid article. I will put that on the record. <laughs> Please oh, quote me. Pete, fuck that guy. I hope Pete was throwing shade at him today. Yeah. With Pete, his tweet today. What did he tweet? He just tweeted LFGM. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, he's, but in like the context of being excited for this godforsaken plague-ridden season to start. Yeah, in case in case y'all missed it somehow, um, Phil Mushkin of the New York Post wrote like an absolutely terrible like article. I mean, he is a he is a known bad take haver. Let's be clear. Um, but this is one of the bad, the worst. It's not. It's not even his worst take, which is like really saying something. It's not even. Oh, yeah, because his, his worst 10. take is usually racism. Yeah, so. like his worst take is like out and out racist. <laughs> although there is some light racism in this article too. To be clear, even though That's like Pete Alonso, a white guy, is the target, he can't. He can't go three seconds without mentioning the protesters also using profanity. So there is some light racism. However. Yes, as we all know, Black Lives Matter invented the F word. Yes, yes, and yes, absolutely. Um, we are we are clutching our pearls collectively at that. Um, so yeah, even though Pete Alonso is the target, it's there's still some white racism. But there's but his worst takes involve like out and out racism. To be clear, but I will say that of his like bad takes, even though this isn't the worst like take in a vacuum, it's the it's one of the worst timing of his bad takes of all time because like not only is it just like are you serious like look the fuck around you to keep using the f word because it makes him angry and so i'm gonna keep doing it look the fuck around you at what's happening in the world and this is the hill you're choosing to die on at this time are you kidding me so like there's that it's almost like it's almost like he started writing this article a year ago right. and then just like <laughs> forgot about it and then came across it and was like, 
well, I can't think of anything better to write, so I'm just going to put this out. But let me add in a little postscript about protesters to make it relevant. It was so disconnected from any current activity around baseball or other. It was just, it was, yeah, it was one of, it was maybe not his worst take, but it was, I would say his most unnecessary, most unnecessary take because like, like again, even his like colleagues went in on him. Oh yeah. But like, that's how you know it's bad when your old colleagues at the post turn on you. Yeah. When yeah, the, the other post. writers are like, uh, we, we're not with him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that is, but he doesn't speak for us. <laughs> Like, it's, and yeah, it's just, like, not only is it, like, the current, like, state of the world, like, this is really what you're choosing to be upset about. Like, it's just, like, the LFGM thing happened last season. And you're, like, mad about this now? Many months later? It would be weird even if there wasn't a global pandemic and the world was falling apart. It would be weird to write about this many months later. Like, why target Pete Alonso? Like, he's marketing the game... He's uh, he's helping grow the game in a sport that's in desperate need of some some positivity, and you just go but in not in that it. conservative cookie cutter model that they want. Yeah, it's growing the game in the the wrong direction. Per in there, those damn youths always ruin everything. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my baseball diamonds. First, Cespedes wears his hat backwards. Yeah. Now this. <gasps> Yes, as we know, Cespedes invented backward hat wearing. Yeah. I was going to say, would you say the same? I don't know. I answered my own question. The same thing about Griffey, but yes, the same thing was said about Griffey. Oh, absolutely. Same thing would be said. (laughs) That was one of the original, like, dog whistle moments. I mean, not one of the The dog whistles have been plentiful forever, but that was one of my formative, like, hmm. That seems I don't think that's specific. right. Yeah. Huh. It seems like that particular player is being targeted in a way that other players are not. And I wonder why that is. Like well, these I... articles keep talking about Ken Griffey Jr. But but then they start talking about like rap and skipping <laughs> school. That's <laughs> kind Randomly? of a weird leap to take. Yeah. Huh. What, how does that go together? Hmm. Hmm. Although I do have to say one of the best parts of the induction ceremony was when he got his hat and then he turned it on backwards. Yes. Very yes. good. Highly yes. good. And also yes. Griffey talked shit about the Yankees recently, which is awesome. Yes, that's that right. Was also very and nice. he would retire then then take a contract from the Yankees. We stand. <laughs> we definitely stand. He was always one of my favorite non nets growing up. Griffey's awesome. Griffey Lots of love. But yeah, couldn't couldn't let this episode slide without a, a quick shout out to that absolutely terrible article. Um, don't read it. But don't read follow, it. We're not going to link but it. But read read the replies to the tweets of it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Read the tweets. Don't read the piece. Read the tweets because they're. Good. I was on um, Mets Morning News that day, and I didn't link to it. I was like, I'm not giving this guy no, clips. Don't. Don't. Um. Cool. So. We're we're very dismayed that there's gonna be a season, but there's gonna be one. It's not much we can do about it. So that's 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 the show. Um, but we are going to finish things off like we always do on a positive note with walk off wins, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Serovich, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, my walk off win. Well, it was Father's Day on Sunday, and for the first time since february my sister my brother-in-law and her two kids came over the house and we had a barbecue so i got to see my niece and my nephew in person well i saw them on my nephew's birthday but this is the first time they came over our house see this is you know making sacrifices it's it's doable it wasn't fun i missed them but and FaceTiming just definitely wasn't the same. But I finally got a hug, too. I was like, I haven't had a Emily hug in so long. Because then when I did see her, we were just, like, elbow bump. So I'm like, I finally got my hug again. I was like, I don't know how much I've missed this. And um, so, yeah, so we, you know, barbecued and, you know, just had a quiet 
Father's Day with my dad, but it just it just felt so good finally after March, April, May, June, four months of them not coming over the house. So so yeah, I finally finally got my, my a hug from both my niece and my nephew. So that's my walk up. It's the little things. I think we've said that before is, you know, you have to take the wins where you can get them. And that was definitely my win for, for this week. Amen. Little things. Hell yes. Maggie, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, so kind of similar in a similar vein. Um, I saw some friends yesterday. Um, and it's, I, these are, these are like my gal pals who I see like every week we go out to do bar trivia together. And like, they are, they are some of my friends without kids. And it is my like mom time away to just relax and be myself. And I, and you know, it's, it's funny cause I've held like my, my experience of the beginning of this pandemic is very much tied in with them because it was a Wednesday night, our trivia night when I was sitting with them, like skimming through my phone. I looked at, I was like, guys, they just canceled the NBA. And that was, that was it. That was everything changed like very quickly from that moment. And we all knew it at the end of that night, we were like, see you guys next week. And, and we certainly did not see each other next week. Um, so, so yeah, so yesterday we just, we, we hung out at, you know, one of, one of us had like a little backyard area and we sat six feet away from each other with our own drinks and, you know, and, and, you know, walked 25 blocks to get there. And so we were on the subway and like, it was just very like nice and normal and it and times it felt kind of like downery in the moment because we were just talking about all the shit that we are talking about right now many much of it but man ever since then i have just felt like a new human like it's just the most like refreshing thing i have had in a very long time so um that's my recommendation to everyone out there is like Go stand six feet away from your friends. Yes, I Wear agree. a mask. I Get a straw for that. your drink so you can poke it up the bottom of the mask. <laughs> and just, like, just chill. And yeah. I can tell you, you don't have to be crammed into questionable outdoor seating at a restaurant to do this. In fact, you know, it's even better to not. It does so much good for your mental health. It really does. Sure. Yeah, like, you was, don't realize how much you are missing something until you, you do it. Yeah, that was fabulous. Highly recommend. I think I I think one of my walk off wins like a couple weeks ago was like me stopping by Delaware on the way down to Baltimore to move my stuff out of my house to see my friends. And we kind of did the same thing. I like stopped there for like half an hour on the way and we just like stood six feet apart from each other and talked. And I was like, I'm having a conversation with my friends like that is something that I had taken for granted for my whole life until now yeah like and this is also the stuff that if shit goes really bad because people don't want to wear masks and they want to go bowling and whatnot this is what we lose yep yep so wear the mask yep don't go bowling don't go bowling. well they'll still do it even if they're sick the type that don't wear the mask are but this is supposed to be a happy ending so sorry sorry (laughs) Um, so my walk off win this week, um, even though it was anxiety inducing when it comes to the whole like COVID situation, um, is that Michael and I went apartment hunting over the weekend in DC. Um, we had seen a couple places virtually cause they were doing like v- virtual tours in light of everything that's going on, but there's kind of no substitute for like seeing a place in person. Um, and so like a couple of the places that we saw virtually are now like since vacant because the tenants moved out and so we got to see like the empty version in person um and so we donned our masks and gloves and brought lots of hand sanitizer and saw apartments and um as of yesterday we signed a lease on one of them so we officially have an apartment in dc and i'm very excited about it um it's a it's a two bedroom 
Um, we ultimately decided that um, having the second bedroom was worth the money because we kind of had a mix of two and one bedrooms on our radar. And like initially I was like kind of leaning toward a one bedroom just because like, you know, D.C. is a really expensive place to live in case you guys didn't know. I mean, I guess that's like spoiled coming from like a bunch of people who listening to this who probably live in New York City, um, which is pretty much the most it's expensive It's fine. I wasn't going to mention it. No, I wasn't either because Westchester's but, no. <laughs> but D.C. is not cheap. Let me just tell you, like outside of like basically New York and like San Francisco, I guess maybe it's like one of the most expensive cities in the country. Yeah, to D.C. Live in. is expensive. Um, it's true. And especially after living in Baltimore for six years, I got a lot of sticker shock seeing those DC rents, let me just tell you. Um, But, you know, like, and this is like something like COVID is impacting. And I don't mean this. I'm trying, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer about, about walk-off wins. Cause I want this to be happy, but like, I will say just factually that COVID is having like a huge impact on all of our lives in ways that we don't even think about. And one of those ways is that when I, when we were apartment hunting, like it really changed our calculus regarding like what we were trying to look for. Like originally having two bedrooms was like kind of one of those, like it'd be nice to have, but you know maybe saving the money is more important but now i'm kind of like um i think we need a home office because (laughs) like i'm gonna be starting remotely definitely like bare minimum i won't be in office until september um and like i could debbie downer you one more is that y'all might have to quarantine from each other yeah it's possible i mean it is possible i'm the worst um, and but so, anyway. yeah, in, in that, like, in case that terrible scenario plays out, like, we have the ability to do it, whereas in a one-bedroom apartment, we kind of wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and there's also just the ability to work, like, in our respective jobs without being on top of each other. Like, I am definitely starting remotely. Um, Michael is a school teacher, and so, like, we don't, as Maggie alluded to earlier, we don't know about the status of the Nobody school year, knows. Um, no. coming up. So it's it's possible that he might have to start remote learning um, his very first year as a teacher. I do not envy him at all. Having to like, that's your very first time as a teacher. You have to start remote learning. I I'm like, I can't even conceive of that. That's why it's your job and not mine. No, having that second bedroom is always a clutch choice though. If you can. Yeah. Yep. Like, so it- we ended up with a two bedroom place and I am, even though I, my, I sent the security deposit, I'm like mm, money. I'm like not regretting it one bit though. <laughs> happy to have secured that two-bedroom place so um but i'm very excited i'm very excited um because all the like pegs are in place got the job got the apartment ready to go now i just have to do this sucky part which is moving i actually during the worst yeah we're in the same boat allison (laughs) moving sucks man during like non-covid times like i actually enjoy like apartment hunting and like that whole process like I'm extremely type a and like I enjoy like making little spreadsheets of like like allows pets what's the pet fee square footage how many bedrooms like parking like all the things you consider with apartments and like looking at pictures on Zillow like I'm a I'm one of those like psychopath weirdos that like browses Zillow when I'm like not actively searching for apartments because like I just enjoy it it's I'm weird but like my understanding is that that's the normal because everyone I know does that and I'm the weird one for being like uh apartments no thank you see no I think think you're I think you're in the clear yeah, no, I I know that there's, like, a whole subculture of it, and, like, I definitely am not alone, but I feel like a weirdo. Like, I'm, like, this is not, like, a, this is not, like, normal, like, psychological behavior. But anyway, I enjoy it because I'm very type A, so the actual, like, apartment hunt part, like, looking at things on Zillow, like, going to look at apartments, I find fun. Obviously, like, the fun was dimmed because of anxiety, because of, like, COVID stuff, but, like... You know, in normal times, I would have found that fun. Moving is never fun in any circumstance at all. So, like, that's the part, you know, that's what's coming up. Not looking forward to that. But once we're all settled, it'll be great. I'm just like, you know, moving's not going to be fun. But it has to happen. No, especially in this summer, too, because then it's going to be hot and oh, you're moving stuff. And, uh, it's going to be late July. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be great. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, yeah. I don't have much because I have to buy everything. So I just basically have to move my clothes. Oh, I have, like, tons of crap in a storage unit at this time. That I have to... But at least then it is halfway there. Yeah. 
Like you don't have to pack it. You just have to yeah. unpack it. There's some stuff in New Jersey I have to pack. Obviously, most of the furniture here at my parents' house is not mine. Belongs to my parents slash my childhood self. Um, but I, I obviously have like some stuff here that's mine, like naming, namely my clothes and like a lot of other belongings. But like those will probably go down there like kind of slowly over time. My goal is to get as much of the small stuff done as possible so that on the day that we hire the movers, it's really just the furniture. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. So, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I tried cleaning out my closet and I got two bags of stuff and it's still packed. I'm like, where, where did all this stuff come from? Cleaning out my closet. <laughs> I was singing that to myself. <laughs> the M&M I mean, classic. We've acquired no so much stuff just since the start of, of COVID that I just have like storage bins sitting out in my apartment full of crap. And it's bad enough now, but I'm constantly aware that, like, the next time we have to move, we have everything that we had before, plus an entire other child, and then just these bins of stuff just sitting there. Yep. Yep. It is. So much. I'm not looking forward to it. I am extremely going, at least when it comes to clothes, I'm extremely going to Marie Kondo the shit out of my life before I actually Mm. pack it, because... We need to not bring everything that I currently have. It's too See, I, my plan was to just take my summer stuff and leave my winter stuff and my parents and not have to deal with it until I have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. Out of sight, out of mind until absolutely necessary. Um, yeah, so that is the show this week. Um, you can go to AmazonAvenue.com to read all of our fantastic content. We are covering all the latest news about the now ill-advised season that is happening. Um, read Vaz's piece, especially. Um, there will, since the season is happening, we will obviously be covering it um, because that's our job. And so you will start to see game recaps and things that we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, so even though we feel very conflicted about the season happening, I feel very excited to do game recaps again. That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, you'll begin to see game recaps from us. Look forward to that. Go to AmazingAvenue.com, read all of our content. Um, you can follow Amazing Avenue on all of the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter, at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please subscribe to the entire suite of Amazing Avenue audio podcasts. They're all wonderful. Leave us a review. It really helps people find the show. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. <laughs>